Uh, good morning. It's great to be here with you today. Um, uh, as we were worshiping, I, I just remembered a, a scene in, uh, in, in uh, Lion King um, where, where the, the hyenas are, are all together in the cave and they, I, I don't know, one of them starts saying Mufasa and the, the other lion, uh, uh, hyena says, don't say that name. And uh, Mufasa, and it's like, ooh, Mufasa, ooh. You know, um, the, 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 the Bible, um, as we were singing there, the, 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 the Bible has got instances where, where the, 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 um, they came to arrest Jesus Christ at the uh, Garden of Gethsemane. And, and they said, we are looking for Jesus. And he said, it is I. And they all fell. The waves and the wind, they know his name. So you have, you, you have a God that is known. And do not be afraid. Do not have any fear. He is known in the heavens. Amen. And also in earth. Because he is the creator of all things. Amen. We are at, um, we're still doing, uh, going through a series called um, uh, um, the, the Gospel Colossians, um, Jesus plus nothing. And we, are, we, have, we have been um, somewhere around Colossians 1 for, for the past uh, four weeks, uh, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. And I'll ask you to quickly turn there. In Colossians, uh, in Colossians well, we, we've just been looking at the Gospel and I, the impact that the Gospel has on, on an individual's life. Um, we, we have uh, been roughly at Colossians 1 verse 3, where Paul says to the, to the church in Colossia, to the saints in Colossia, when I heard that you had received the gospel, I, 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 and you had understood the gospel, the gospel which has gone into the whole world, it's bearing fruit and increasing, so should it, uh, so should it do in your life. So Paul is laying a, a framework for you and I that for you to be a Christian, first and foremost, you have to receive the gospel. For you to receive, to, to be a Christian, you have to receive the gospel. The gospel is a person, Jesus Christ, and it's a message about Jesus Christ and what he did for, for you and I. So you have to receive the gospel. And secondly, you have to understand the gospel. You have to be gospel literate. When you are gospel literate, the gospel begins to work in your, in your heart. It begins to work in your life. It begins to, to touch every part of, your, of who you are. And as it touches every part of who you are, it begins to touch your world. Every part that is called your world, your family, your work, everything that we, we, we term your world is touched because the gospel has to go to the end of the world. And that, world is, and that part of that world is your world. So the gospel has to touch certain areas of your life. And we looked at it from last week, um, from Colossians 1 verse 9 to 11. If you can quickly turn there. Colossians 1 verse 9 to 11. The part that you ought to be bearing fruit and where you ought to be increasing as a believer. Colossians 1 verse 9 to 11 says the following. And so from the day we heard... We have not ceased to pray for you from the day we heard that you received the gospel. We have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, bearing, uh, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. I'll stop there. So what the, from that scripture, we quickly see that the way and how we should be increasing and bearing fruit. 
It's easy for, for in this world for somebody to tell you do something and they don't tell you how to do it and where exactly you should do it. But the gospel, the scripture, is, it will always explain itself. So it literally tells you where you ought to bear fruit and where you ought to increase. And the diagram that will come up, which is a, a, a simple illustration of Colossians 1 verse 10, it illustrates where and uh, how you should be bearing uh, fruit and increasing in life. So what, what Colossians 1 verse 10, it shows us the fundamental parts of every Christian. Every Christian has these elements in their lives, their walk, their work, and their worship. So if you are fully yielded to the gospel, if you're fully submitted, uh, submitted to the leadership and the leading of the gospel, the gospel will penetrate your walk, your work, and your worship. These three areas the gospel will touch. They, and God wants you to be progressing in these three areas, in your walk, your work, and your worship. And last week we explained what your walk is. Your walk is your conduct. Your walk is your character. Your walk is how you do things and how you say things. God says in his word, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. As the heavens are higher as, than the earth, and my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So God does not want you to continue to walk the same way you walked. He does not want you to continue making the same decisions you made. And up over and above that, when you start walking, God calls you. God gives you purpose. He gives you a greater call. That is your work. God gives you a greater call and a purpose in life. And upon giving you a purpose and a call, He also equips you for that call and that purpose. And today we're going to look at work. In 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 to 17 says the following. It says, all scripture is inspired or breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Verse 17, that the man of God or the woman of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. The man or the woman of God, what makes you a man or a woman of God is not that you are preaching uh, in, uh, on the stage or you have a microphone. What makes you a man and woman of God is because you are born again and you are mature in God. That's what makes you a man and woman of God. So there are works that God has called you and I to work in. Every person has been called to a work. And the essence of Scripture the essence of the gospel is not so that you have head knowledge. It's not so that you can memorize scripture uh, so, uh, and impress people. It's not so that you are like a bodybuilder. You know what a bodybuilder does? All they do is they go to the gym. They, they, they pump uh, uh, iron. They, 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 they are constantly in the gym pumping and pumping. And they are never able to work. They don't use those muscles to work. They just go in front of, they go on stage and all they do is just flex to show their muscles and either win, <laughs> and either win a prize and that's the only work they do. That's what a bodybuilder is. You are not called to be a bodybuilder. The essence of scripture, the essence of, of the gospel is not so that you are a bench warmer. The essence of scripture, the essence of the, the gospel is so that you can say, put up your hand and say, put me in coach. I can see the play. I can see what's happening in the world. I can see what you are doing in the world. Put me in, coach. I want to be part of the play that you, are, that you have called out. 
I want to be part of that. And in, in Ephesians 4 verse 28, I invite you to turn there. Ephesians 4 verse 28, Paul advises or counsels a man who uh, to, uh, advises and counsels a man and say, tells him, when you have met the gospel, your life should be of an attitude that says, put me in, coach. I want to be part of the game, coach. Ephesians 4 verse, verse uh, 28. Ephesians 4 verse 28 says the following. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. I'll repeat. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. So what Paul is saying to this individual is before you met the gospel, you were walking dishonestly. You were corrupt. But when you coincided with the gospel, when you met the gospel, your walk should have changed. You should be a very honest person. But once you are an honest person, your work, because your work was dishonest, your work needs to change. And once your work changes, guess what? You, are, you find a core. You used to live for yourself, but now you not need to live for others. The reason why you are working is not for yourself, it's to live for others. Because, ladies and gentlemen, there is a man that died and lived for you. He lived his whole life and died for you so that you would not spend eternity in hell's fire, but you would spend eternity in his glory. His name is Jesus Christ. So what am I Quickly, what, am I, what do I mean by work? Because when, we, when I'm talking about work, there are so many de uh, definitions that, can, that, that many people have here um, uh, that we could have about what, what work uh, implies in, in this, in this uh, exercise. Work simply means in, it's, not, it's not your eight to five job, it, nor is it good, uh, good deeds. What work is, it's, the, it, it's, it's, it's things that have a spiritual and eternal significance and not a momentary value. Things that have spiritual and eternal significance. I'm not saying that your day-to-day -day work, your good deeds and your job, do not, the uh, eternity cannot sprout forth from it. For, because from your, your job, people can get saved. From your job, people can encounter God. But when your job is, in the, is, is done in the absence of the Holy Spirit and in, and in neglecting the word of God, then your job is just a job or it's just a graft or, and it's not a calling. Or your good deeds are just social activities and they're not ministry. When you do things without the word of God, you are... You, 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 it, certain jobs become okay. Like this individual in Ephesians 4 verse 28. He thought it was okay to be Robin Hood. Steal from the rich, give to the poor. He was poor. He thought it was okay to be a Robin Hood. But when the gospel coincides and meets you and penetrates your life, you will realize that there are certain jobs or certain places I cannot be because it is not good for the gospel to be in. We cannot excuse certain activities or certain uh, habits that we do and, and, and say, because of grace, God has covered it up. But
But there is a truth that the gospel te teaches us is that we ought to walk according to, we ought to walk and work honorable. When we excuse certain things, activities in the gospel, the gospel loses meaning or lo it gets lost in translation. It loses its impact. We are not good ambassadors anymore when the gospel is mixed up with a wrong walk. For example, let me just give you an example. It would be if I could take a bottle, a sealed bottle of water which, and, and, and take a cup, smear the cup in mud out on the outside and pour the water, open the, the sealed, glass of, uh, sealed bottle of water and pour it in a glass and hand it to, to, uh, to, to the next person. The person wouldn't drink it. And sometimes we expect people to receive the gospel be, uh, because we are doing good deeds. But our walk is so terrible. No one can receive the gospel when your walk is so terrible and yet your good deeds are so good. The reason why they're called good works is because the works are good. The word good simply means, it simply means it's by nature pleasing to God. It's honorable and upright. By nature, it is pleasing to God. That's what God has called you to do. To do things that are by nature will please Him and will give Him joy. The message should be as good as the vessel. The message should be as good as the vessel. Is the vessel is, is torn corrupt, terrible, yet the message is so good, the message will not be received. Your walk and your work are the signatures by which we see, by which we see that you are a gospel-filled, Holy Spirit-led individual. Your walk and your work are the signatures by which we see that you are a gospel-filled, Spirit-led individual. And those two have to, there cannot be a disparity between those two. They cannot be uh, uh, disjointed. They have to be in sync. They have to be exactly the same. And Paul in Ephesians 4 verse 28 is simply saying to the individual, your, your walk and your work are not coherent with the gospel. They are disjointed. In, in 2 Timothy 2 verse 20 to 21, the word of God says the following, and we're going to go through a lot of scripture, but I hope we're not just going to be bodybuilders where the scripture just, we just have a lot of scripture and we do nothing with the scripture. 2 Timothy 2 verse 20 to 21 says the following, and Paul is writing to a man called uh, 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 Timothy, uh, Timothy and, and he's writing about church matters. He's not writing about the world. He's writing about church matters. He says in a great house, so he's talking about church. In a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use. The reason why they're honorable, they're for honorable use, is because they walk according to the gospel, some for dishonorable, for, for, dis, for, for dishonorable because the reason why they're dishonorable is because they dishonor the gospel. Co uh, continue. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, the things that are not in line with the gospel, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart for as holy, useful for the master of the house, ready for every good work. 
you'll be ready for every good work that God has set aside for you. Your work should be as good as your work. The reason why um, your work and your work are important is because the world judges you according to your work and your work. The world sees you according to your work, your, your work and your work as a diagram that will come up, will show you quickly. Your work and your work are very public, and your worship is private. That is all what we see. When, when, when you walk down the street, people see your Monday to Saturday. They don't see your Sunday. They don't see your, your, your private times when you worship between you and God. They see your walk and your work. That's what the gospel is talking about. Your walk and your work are the things that tell people that this indeed is a Christian. I'm not saying that your worship is, your, I'm not saying that your walk and your work are, no, uh, 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 are not between you and God. But what I'm just saying is, you are just according to your walk and your work. That's how people will judge you, and that's how people see that you are being transformed and changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. In, in 1 Peter 2, verse 11 to 12. 1 Peter 2, verse 11 to 12. I put up the scriptures up there because there's quite a lot of scripture we, we might have to just go through. It says, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles. I found this quite interesting because a sojourner and an exile, guess what? They are people who walk. There are people in a process, they're in transition, they are always walking. There is a progress that they're trying to, they're trying to get from one place, they're leaving one place, going to another place. So there is a walk that they, they've, they've, they've begun. So it says, beloved, I urge you as walkers to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. If you are here last week, I quickly explained what the soul, the soul is. The soul is, um, is your mind, your thoughts, your intent, your intellect, your, your, your consciousness, and your personality. This is what we call the decider. This is what we call the decider because it decides where you go, how you walk, which direction you're going to take. You are a spirit that lives in a body that has a soul. And the soul is the decider of where you are going. Where do I take this all from? The Bible says in Genesis 1, it says God created man in his own image, spirit. Genesis 2, God took the earth and created man, body. When he put the spirit in the body, man became a living soul. There was a part that, be, that was created called a soul, your emotions. Ladies and gentlemen, you are not your emotions. You are not your feelings. Your feelings go up and down. Oh, some people, it, go, it keeps on going down and down like the bond note. You're not that. You are a spirit. You are a spirit and you are exactly like Jesus Christ if you, have been, if you are born again. And therefore, your soul has, 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 is caught in between two areas. When the spirit says, I want to worship God, the body is saying, I want to go and have fun. And the soul has to decide, am I going to do what the spirit is saying or am I going to do what the body is saying? Are we together? Therefore, you and I need to work on the soul. We need to work on the soul. And that's why we have the word of God, so that we are transformed and renewed, so that we know what the things of the spirit are. And we, it's so easy for you to know what the things of the body are, the flesh, because you live in a physical world. 
but you need the gospel or the word of God to know what the, the things of the Spirit are. Continuing, he says, keep your conduct. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when you speak against, when they speak against you as evildoers, they will see your good deeds or your work and glorify God in the day of visitation. Your good works are your witness. Do you know that for some people, you are the only Bible that people will ever read? You're the only Bible that certain people will ever read. And therefore, that's why the Bible says, how, how pleasant are the feet of him who brings good news. Are your feet pleasant? Is your walk pleasant? Because you are delivering a very valuable package called the gospel, which is packaged in good works and good deeds. Your good works are very important. Your good works, we, when we, when we uh, preach the gospel, we are just like as I'm talking right now. I'm preaching through, I'm speaking through a, a, a microphone. The gospel is spoken through good deeds and good works. It is spoken through your works and what you say. And people receive it through the speaker, a JBL. They receive it uh, through your walk, the way you conduct yourself. So what are good works? Before I get into what good works are, I will I'll just quickly go through two errors that people normally make. The error number one is this. Good works do not matter. And this is actually taken from the Bible. It's taken from Ephesians 2, where he says it's by grace and not by works. And so people have this gospel where, where they say, come as you are and stay as you were. There is no transformation. There is no there is no change, there is no fruits, there is no increase, there is no purpose in their life, there is no core. It's just Monday to Sunday. That's how their lives are. They come in, they're just bench warmers. It's a gospel of bench warmers. I come to Sunday to church, listen to the word, and I go. I do absolutely nothing. Good works don't matter. That's what they say. Folks, the reason why we do good works is not so that we are saved. It's because we are saved. It's because we are saved. And once you are saved, you are called to do good works. It is a call upon every individual who is born again to do good works. And that very call is a call for those who do not know Jesus Christ when we do the good works. So the salvation that we, we, we have received is, 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 uh, encourages us or propels us for, to do good works in the world. Error number two, good works save. Good works save. And this is also from the Bible. In James, the Bible says, uh, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. So therefore, I will do something so that it looks like I'm alive. I will go into the community and start working in the community so that it seems like I'm alive. Rather than I'm alive, therefore I will do something. When God, uh, when God uh, put his breath into, into Adam, Adam became a living being. And God gave him a mission. So when you are alive, you're given a mission to do. We don't do things to show that we are alive. 
It is a, this is the a type of gospel where we endeavor to, to try and show uh, that, that, that there is a, a, a reason or a purpose that God has called me. So I would do certain things, and yet we don't go to the maker to find out why he made us and why he has, he has created us. Amen. Good works are simply acts of kindness and mercy, which come from a regenerate and born-again heart. That's what they are. Good works are simply uh, acts of mercy and kindness that come from a regenerate heart. Good works are a core. In Ephesians, in Ephesians 2 verse 10, it says the following. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So beforehand, before creation, God set up stepping stones or, or, or a road for you to follow, which are called good works. And he set them up so that you could step on them and walk. He set them up so that when you are born again, when you find Jesus Christ and you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you would walk in these works. You wouldn't go around saying, I want to do this work because it's, it is good. You don't determine your good works. You don't determine and, and say, because this thing um, uh, goes well with my lifestyle or goes well with who I am, I would decide to go with this thing. But good works are determined by God. And the Bible is full of so many good works. Visiting people in prisons, that's a good work. Praying for the sick, that's a good work. Given to the poor and the destitute, the widows, the, the, the orphans, that's a good work. But do you know that you can't do all of them by yourself? Even if you tried, you can't do all of them. So a good work is not me trying to do every single work in the Bible that God has said we should do. It's, not, it's impossible. Even Jesus said, I will send you somebody else who can do better than I can do because I'm just one man. And that his name is the Holy Spirit. Then the, the Holy Spirit comes on every individual. And he will send some to prisons. He will send some to, to orphans. He will send some to widows. And he will send some to hospitals to pray for people. A good work is only when you are in intimacy with God. And God tells you exactly what you should be doing. Which is worship. Which we'll, we'll get into later on. Intimacy with God. Jesus Christ was in such intimacy with God, he would say, I only do what I see my Father doing. I only do what I see my Father doing. So what constitutes a, a good work is not you checking the box in the Bible, saying, I've done that work, I've done that, I've gone to see prisoners, I've I've, I've, I've soothed my, my heart. I'm okay. I'm, uh, this year, I, 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 I uh, went to Coronation Cottages. Tick. Uh, this year, I went to Mbilo. Tick. I've gone to Morningstar. Tick. I've done all my good works for this year. Good works are you walking in step with the will of God. That's what good works are. Good works are a call to witness. They are a call to witness. You see, ladies and gentlemen, we are all called to witness. We are all called to bring people into the kingdom. There are two types of fruits that God is looking for. The first fruit that he's looking for is found in Galatians. 
It's the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Not the fruits, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The second fruit that God is looking for is the fruit of the harvest, the people coming into the kingdom. That's the second fruit that God is looking for. So when, we, when the gospel touches our lives, just as it touched your life and somebody came and preached the gospel to you or brought the gospel to you, you ought to be taking the gospel to the next person. That's the purpose and the call that God has called us to you and I to. In Matthew 5 verse 16, it says the following. It says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that you, they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. They may see your good works. They may see what God has done in your life and they may give glory to God. But most of us are like, are like a certain company in Zimbabwe called Zesa. The acronym is actually Zimbabwe Electricity Sometimes Available. Some of, some of us, we, we, we act like Zesa. Sometimes we are available and sometimes we are not available. Therefore, God cannot be glorified because we are sometimes available to, to, and we are doing some good works and sometimes we are not available. There is some major load shedding in some people's lives. The Bible speaks of a community where there was load shedding and the Zesa went out. There is a story actually in the Bible of load shedding. In Acts 9 verse 36, it says the following. Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. The story goes on and says... This woman fell ill, fell sick, and she died. And they sent for Peter and brought Peter to Joppa. And, they, and Peter, as he came to the house, as he went into the house, there were women holding garments and tunics, showing what this woman had done, the good works that this woman had done. And Peter went in and brought her back because the community needed that woman, needed what that woman had. It gets me to a point to ask if King City had to leave this community, how many people would be or would hold their lives to show where King City has woven through or knitted, knitted through their lives and the impact that they have, the King City has made in their lives? How many people would stand by the road, sizzle and say, these guys cannot go? Because they, you need to bring them back. Now let's bring it closer, uh, closer to home. If you had to leave, I'm not talking about death. If you had to leave, how many people would say, Lord, this guy or this woman has touched my life because of their good works. This person has made an impact in my life. So I can't, we can't let this person go. We need them back. We need them in this nation. Father, I give you thanks and praise. I thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. In all the letters, Father God, in all the, the revelation that you gave to John, to the churches, Father God, you said the following. 
I know your works. And to one church you said, repent and do the works that you first did. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus Christ that at this moment, Father God, we, we who are born again, who, are, who have been called by you, Father God, ignite within us, Father God, the call that you have called us into. Ignite within us, Father God, the purpose that you have purposed us to, Father God. Father God, we refuse just to be bench warmers. We refuse, Father God, to, to be people that just warm the benches and sit in the rows, Father God, and just receive the, the, the word of God, Father God, just being reservoirs and never bringing life to others, Father God. But Father God, we, we lift up our hands, Father God, and say, Lord God, make us a Dorcas, make us a Tabitha, Father God. Make us people that influence other people's lives through the gospel. May our good works, Father God, touch lives, Father God, that we, when we get to heaven, Father God, and somebody comes to us, we will be, uh, we will be shocked by what our deeds and our works did, Father God. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that every person here, Father, under the sound of my voice, Father God, that they will raise their hands and say, put me in, coach. I want to be part of the game. I want to be part of the play, Father God. I want to do what you have called me to. Speak to every heart, Father God, what you have called them to do, Father God. Speak to every heart to, the, to, 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 to know what they ought to do. In the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you, Father God, for people like Norma and, and, and Chris, Father God, out in Matopos, Father God, in Morningstar. Father God, the, the impact that they have made in the community, Father God, I thank you. I thank you for individuals, even in this room, Father God, that are making an impact and no one knows, Father God, but only you know. Father, I ask, Lord Jesus Christ, that we be known, Father God, for the works that we do. Works that are in, in, in line, Father God, with the Holy Spirit and what the gospel has called us to do. I give you thanks and praise. Amen.